keep your books up to date and reconcile your accounts every month. So having an accurate set of books is actually the number one thing you can do to lower your taxes, especially when you're just getting started out. Because so many business owners, especially early stage business owners, they kind of do what I call the managing by three zeros method of accounting, which is when they get to tax time, their accountant says, hey, you know, hey, Jake, how much did you spend on office expenses last year? Oh, Tyler, I spent about $3,000 in office supplies. Okay. What did you spend on fuel? Ah, about $2,000. I don't know, about $2,000. So they're missing, you know it's not accurate. Every dollar that you miss is in a deduction for not actually having accurate records because you didn't keep your books is potentially up to 50 cents you're paying in taxes. So if you miss $5,000 of expenses because you don't think it's important to do your books, that's a couple thousand dollars a year that you're sending into Uncle Sam that you don't, you don't need to because you didn't keep your set of books. In a world where there's so much noise and information, one podcast is on a mission to cut the fluff and get strategic. A place where you receive the latest tips to expanding your leadership, optimizing your business, and ways to become a truly peak performance human. Now, get ready as your host, Jake Havron, is here to help you live the strategic life. All right, we are here today with an amazing guest that I believe every single entrepreneur, let alone person that if you work, if you make money, if, if you have any type of cash flow, you need to listen into this episode because this man literally helps the whole spectrum from people that are just making maybe a couple hundred bucks a month in their business or still in the nine to five to people that have multiple nine figure and above portfolios uh, of complexity you could even imagine. And this man helps them save more money. And how does he do that? Well, he's a tax strategist and, and he has a background in CPA. And we're going to be diving into the strategies of this. Uh, you're going to definitely want to take notes on this. You're going to want to hear the stories they have to share, partnering with amazing humans like Tony Robbins and how did that happen. And uh, without further ado, I got to introduce my friend, my guest here today, Mr. Tyler McBroom to the Strategic Life Podcast. Glad to have you here, brother. What's going on, Jake? Super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Super excited, bro. And we have been planning this out for a while. And it's actually funny if you're watching the, um, the live video here, if you're listening to it, I'll describe it to you. But I am wearing my live lucky hat with the little four leaf clover because I see this guy wearing it all the time. He's not wearing it today. He's looking sharp. He's looking dapper. Um, right. And I think it's just because one of our great mentors, Tony Robbins, always wears this hat. Um, but my dude, we just got to dive right into that. You know, we'll get into the strategies and such. But I found you through the Tony Robbins space. And if I see mm-hmm. Mr. Tyler McBroom speaking on a stage of 15,000 or now on a virtual stage to literally hundreds of thousands of people worldwide giving tax strategy in 30 plus countries, how did that all start, man? That is something to be proud of, to be partnered with someone like Tony for the years that you've been. How, how did that all come to be? Yeah, thanks. No, it's, uh, it, it was quite the, quite the journey in the making. So Back, uh, my first, I used to be partners with my dad in a company called Measure Results uh, in a CPA firm. And when he brought me in as a partner, he said, I don't want to take a pay cut to bring you in as a partner. And so let's start growing. And so I said, okay, let's start growing. And so started looking for different avenues to, to grow. And, and one of those avenues was I joined a mastermind group for kind of up and coming business owners. 
and I got to be known as the tax guy in there because I was doing a lot of what I do now on on from big stages, but just doing it inside of a small mastermind group, which is share some tax tips. And so the guy running the group asked me to uh, to lead a 90 day tax course, tax and personal finance course. And about half the people who signed up for that were Canadian. Uh, and I don't know Canadian tax law. I'm a U.S. tax guy, even though I got, you know, talk to people all over the world. Uh, so I reached out to this other Facebook group that, um, that had a bunch of accountants in it. And they said, hey, I've got this group I'm teaching. Any Canadian CPAs want to come and be a guest and kind of provide value for one of the days? And so the guy that I got connected with was the Canadian version of what I am for Tony at, at the time. And mm-hmm. he told me about this global, this Tony Robbins Global Accounting Advisors, how you go to Business Mastery. Tony talks about the importance of getting a second opinion on your taxes. And everyone bum rushes the back of the room to come meet with us as accountants and we give them tax advice. And, and I said, hey, that sounds like something I'd be interested in doing. You know, we're looking at different ways to grow. And um, that definitely sounds like a way that you would grow. Um, so I said, how do you, how do you get to be part of that? And, and he gave me the name of the Australian partner who was the one who kind of founded it up with Tony. His name was Paul and gave me his email address. And I just cold emailed Paul out of the blue and said, Hey Paul, you know, this is our firm. We help business owners. I think we'd be a really good fit. And, uh, he said, okay, great. Tyler, tell me a little about the details of your firm and can we get on a call for 15 minutes next week? And that call was scheduled. He was in Australia, so it was 10 p.m. our time. Um, and the day before the call, my dad emails him and says, hey, Paul, is there any way we can reschedule to a time that overlaps our days because that's late at night for us? And uh, if you've ever been to a Tony Robbins event, you know that they go super late. So I was emailing. And so, anyway, so he said, oh, sure, no time. I had, you know, we still were going to grow. So I started growing my social media that, you know, it was in, this was in early 2017. So started growing a bunch of different ways and just stayed every month or two. I just choose the assistant an email. Hey, wondering if we can get that call on the calendar. Hey, can we get that call on the calendar? Hey, I'm at 10,000 followers. I think I'm providing some value. Can we get on the calendar? This is over three, this is over three years of a process. Over, over a three year period. Yeah. Hey, here's. Here's a Forbes article I, I contributed and wrote. I think it'd be really good value, you know, well, you know, every month or two. Just And literally it was 15. I got an email saying, hey, Tyler, are you free for 15 minutes next Tuesday? And I said, yes. I don't care what time. Let's <laughs> make, make it happen. So we jumped on a call and he said, hey, you know, let me hear an update on your numbers, um, where you're at. In the meantime, we've grown from four people to 24 people during those three years. Um, and he said, you know, we had a partner that wasn't cutting it. So if you can hop on a plane to Vegas in two weeks to business mastery, the partnership's yours. Wow. And so we had, you know, did, did like quick due diligence process and then got a you know quick email agreement set up in place because they we weren't going to be able to sit in those chairs at the event until we agreed, you know, agreed to the, the, the deal. And, uh, so we did, and then we got that email from Robbins Research International partners partners with Tony Robbins. And, um, and we went to the event. It was incredible. Went with, went with 150 business owners during that event. And then, you know, Tony is, Tony owns 106 companies. So he didn't really even know who we were at that point in time. We're partners with, with Tony, but you know, he kind of, you know, didn't know me personally. And then fast forward six months and COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And I had just gotten back from his you know 60th birthday party, which is this big celebration. And COVID hit, shut everything down, 
and we started helping people with this thing called a PPP loan came out, right? And so we all of our leads dried up because now when everyone's going out of business, their number one issue isn't taxes. And so we started email blasting everybody saying, hey, let's help consult on the PPP loan. And that email, because our list included business mastery attendees, someone had forwarded that email to Tony's CFO. And he forwarded it to me and said, hey, Tyler, are you free for a call in a couple hours? And I said, sure. You know, Tony Robbins CFO says, uh, you're free to chat. And um, and uh, so I say, okay. And we hop on a call and he says, tell me what you're doing with this PPP stuff. And so I said, well, we're consulting on how much you can get, what would be forgiven, whether it makes sense. I said, okay, great. And hung up. And I was like, well, that was cool. I just got to chat with Tony's CFO. And about two hours later, I get a text from him. Hey, Tyler, are you free in 10 minutes to jump on a call with Tony and me? to talk PPP loans. <laughs> and was this the first time you've ever talked personally with Tony or yeah, did you talk to him at that? That was the first stage? time I'd ever talked talked with him personally. So I hop on the Zoom okay. call. There's Yogesh is a CFO. There's Tony. Hey Tyler, nice to see you. Hey Tony, nice to see you too. And we ended up being I thought it was just gonna be a quick call, but nothing Tony does is as quick. And he thought, you know, if you've ever again, if you ever yeah. knew an event. So I was on the call with him for the next three or four hours, helping them get their PPP loan. And he said, Tyler, this is super important information. Little did I know that they dollar to talk to three attorneys and got nothing. And so he said, this would be such valuable information. People, I love the way that you communicate. And let's do a webinar live to the entire country, you and me, in two weeks. Here's my personal cell phone number and my private email. Text me if you need anything. I'm a texter. And, and then, so then went through this whirlwind thing of helping them with their PPP loan while also prepping for a webinar with Tony. And, and then, so then the, and the webinar went, went great. And then, and then, you know, I fast forward a couple months later and the Australian partner who normally speaks at business mastery couldn't fly out whole process. But if in the meantime, you know, Tony says things happen for you, not to you. And this is a perfect example of that because if we would have gotten that partnership when, we first had that appointment and we were only four people, including my dad and me, it would have just blown, it would have overwhelmed us. But we, over that three years, we built the muscle of growth. Four people to 24 people. And then at the same time, I had three to four years of daily communicating to the camera, talking about this stuff. So that when I got on the call with Tony, I had my communication skills down and and so that led to that opportunity to do, you know, not that many people get to do a live webinar with Tony, right? So, yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. Wow. Dude, 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 okay. I didn't even know any of that to the full context. And we need to unpack that a little bit because we could talk strategy, but I know a lot of people listening to us, aka myself and also myself, is how do you create massive value and get in an opportunity where you deliver like you did. And we don't want to just let that slip because you obviously, I mean, the fact that you had to listen to this right now, three years of a process of follow-up, some people in their businesses literally give up after the third follow-up, right? Three years, every month, every, like what it, just really quickly, what did that look like? You said you were sending an email every month, you were sending different Forbes articles, things that you thought would provide value or show credibility. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I mean, it was part of it was just staying in touch, and and probably I guess probably four or five months went by where I was like, I, I I almost did that. I was like, you know what? They're not responding to me. I'm not going to follow up. We lost our chance. And then 
something in me just said, you know what? What harm is it to send an email until they say no? Like, right, you know, like it's, you know, follow up until you get the F off. Like, you know, so we kept following up. And so, so yeah, it was, it was literally, we'd get a meeting. Hey, oh, it's going to be a meeting. It wasn't working. I said, how can I, how can I juice up, you know, the incentive there? And, and so then, like you said, I added a little bit of, I had some social proof. So I added that, Yes. you know, then when I had the article that I wrote, that was actual like tangible value in there. Um, whether they, you know, if they were on Instagram, I didn't know if they were on Instagram or not. So if they weren't, then they couldn't see the posts. They might not know what followers are, but they can, they probably know what Forbes is and they probably can read an article. Right. And so it was just, what's, what are little ways that I can just differentiate myself and follow up? I couldn't pick up the phone and call cause they're not, I guess I could have, um, and in hindsight, I know that I'm different from most accountants. And, and then also just consistently follow up. So that, so that, and this is true when you're doing, like one of the biggest values, I, I built a lot of my business, not just partners with Tony, but on social media. And one of the things with social media is that it's a way to stay top of mind yes. with your potential yes. prospects if they're following. And so it was the same thing with those emails. That monthly email that I sent out it might have gone seven years before the partner screwed up, right? But it happened to be two and a half, three years. And so, but because I guarantee there was no other accountant that had followed up during that time. And so I was top of mind and I was the one person that they could call when they needed someone for the next event, right? So um, it's, it's, it's about staying top of mind and adding value. It's about staying on top of mind and adding value. Like, Literally, if you're listening right now, take note on this and don't let that just be something that you just put aside. Three years, this guy went from four to 24 people in his team. Like he was obviously having some sort of success and growth outside of it. He could have easily said, you know what, this is not it. But for some reason, you, you felt like you were called to do this. Obviously, it was an incredible opportunity, but you could have maybe had like, oh man, you know what, they just, I don't want to be rejected more or they're just you know they're not interested did you ever find out you know why they were ghosting you or they were just so busy or they just like what was the reason i think just busy just busy and there was no, you know no there wasn't an opening anyways there was you know i ended up actually randomly through another group that i was in getting connected to the guy who was the partner right before that and he just it just wasn't some people Everyone says they want to scale. And then when you actually do, you realize it's a huge pain. It's a lot of work. And so he was like, you know, I just, I just you know, it wasn't, wasn't for me anymore. So, uh, so, but, you know, nice guy, but just, so it was just, I think it was a function of so busy. And I mean, frankly, if I gave them that, that window, if now in the position I'm in, if I gave somebody that window and they said, I want to reschedule because it's, it's not a convenient time for me because I'm staying up. I have to stay up too late. I probably would take a while before I give them another opportunity too. So, oh, did you did you actually say that? Yeah, well, it was my dad did. My, yeah, but we we emailed him and said it's it's oh, too late. Okay. It's too late. Can we reschedule to like? Okay, I could see that. Yeah, in hindsight, I was like, that's you're a whole you're a whole different yeah you're a whole different man now. Like yeah. You, you, you would never probably never do that again, especially if you knew it was an opportunity no. like that, but Hey, you know what? It's a, it's a learning lesson. Yeah. Um, I want to recap on this so people could go and we'll move forward in the tax strategy. So three years, understand that when you're not getting responses and, and I want to share a quick little personal story. So you guys can understand, I go through this too, but people are busy. 
They got other things going on. Don't take it personal, right? That's one of the biggest, you know, things that you can learn in this life is don't take it personal. Like be persistent like how he was. Find different ways. It's not just sending an email every time. It's send the value. Send a, a video you think that's going to be beneficial for them. Make a connection. Be like, hey, you know what? Um, I, I, I know we haven't talked here or I, I don't know if this would be a good fit. However, I know this guy or this woman who XYZ does this and I think this would be a great connection. If you want, I could intro you. Things like that can start to spark that, but over three years, right? And and this person didn't have an opening. That was also the thing. And there's just because, you know, it's not a job opening, people also maybe don't have a mental opening. If you've been telling them about a product or an opportunity or a service that you do, like literally just understand that their mental opening, if it's closed, like they're not gonna accept it no matter how good this is. And that's just on them. But after three years, it lined up. And the last thing I wanna add that Tyler shared so well is everything always works out for you. Because if Tyler would have got taken up when he had four people on his team and had all that influx of people, you probably would have, you would have probably imploded or caved in or the, the growth would have been too big that you couldn't have handled it. And then maybe the service went down. Maybe Tony was just like, the team was just like, you know what, this isn't a good fit, but it worked out perfectly because you had a team of 24, you could work with all these people and it just all worked in perfect timing. And dude, that story is such a great example of this. Two things I wanted to add into this is the follow-up process. And I love how you gave examples on this. Um, I'm actually in the process right now with a huge, huge business opportunity. And I'm going through the ringer as well. Months of follow-up, no responses, little things here and there. But I believe in the mission and the vision of what they're doing. And I know when it does click, whether it's, it's, it's already been probably four to five months now, it might be another four to five months until I even get on a phone call with them. And I was on phone calls, but now I get kind of ghosted. That's okay. The things I'm doing is I'm sending the value like how you are, Tyler. And one little thing is like when you send a message and, or an email and they don't respond two days later, all I do, this is a little tactical tip because we're all about strategy. I do a little asterisk, you know, the little star symbol. And I, I write the words inbox bump asterisk. Mm. That's the only thing I send. Because what happens is you send that first email, it's, it's in the same uh, text thread or email thread. That email gets pushed down because they probably didn't see it or they wanted to get back to it. When you do the inbox bump, it brings it back to the top. It's clever, it's witty, it's not more words they have to read. Uh, and if they don't respond to that, I send another little quick message two days later. And if they don't send again or don't reply again, I learned this from the FBI negotiator, Chris Voss, is usually after the third time, and especially if they showed some interest and you built some rapport, Chris Voss said verbatim is you say the words, another email in that thread, you say, are we giving up on this project? Are we giving up on this project? And I've done that. And you have to have rapport with this. Don't do it if like they're not interested. If they're interested and they ghost you, then you can do this. But if they're not interested and you're trying to do all these follow-ups, doesn't work. But little things like that make a difference. But let's bring it back to you, Tyler, because this is all about you here. Um, I want to get one more question out of this, this Tony story. What, wait, did you speak on the, the business mastery in 2019 in Vegas? August? No, so that was the first event that I participated in as a partner. That was you Paul, participated. Yeah, that was uh, Paul, the Australian partner was speaking at that event. Okay, I remember, so business, so my first Tony event was July 2019, oh, okay. August was my first cool. business mastery event. And so I was trying to, I was trying to remember if you were on stage um, or whatnot, but that's so cool that that was your first business mastery yeah. as yeah, well. Yeah, that was my first, we literally, it was my daughter's first day of kindergarten was like day two of business mastery. So I didn't want to miss that. So I 
took it to kindergarten and then and then hopped on the plane and and, and got in right as Paul was giving us. <laughs> yeah. I remember that I wasn't I wasn't one of them because I was like still new in business for the sense I was like. You know, these people have bigger businesses yeah. and we're going to talk about that. But I remember seeing them all go to the back and, you yeah. know, you're going to save X amount of money. But you guys were being genuine and true about that. And let's let's discuss that. However, my question here is when you got on that phone call with Tony and you got to speak for a couple hours. Yeah. You know, you, you felt prepared. You said the social media of you being on videos and such really got you good with communication, which is another powerful story. People are like, how do I get good at speaking? It's like, you go start speaking. Right. But when you got on that phone call, what just, what was going through your mind? Were you, were you, uh, like, what was like a specific thing you were trying to focus on or maybe like, like a, some tips or like if someone had an opportunity to speak to a huge person like that or a huge partnership or a huge potential business partner, like what would be some things that you could give uh, for tips or strategies to really just show up like you know what you're talking about and having confidence? I don't know when you don't know. And um, that, so, cause that with, with, with that specific conversation was, you know, one thing that Tony is incredible at is asking great questions. And if you talk to anyone, any one of his partners, it usually starts with some sort of like, we were in a room for three or four hours and I like, literally every, every, every story is like, he heard this thing that peaked his ear. We sat in a room for four hours and he peppered me with questions. And that like, so with the PPP loan, that was, that was what we were doing with. It wasn't related to tax advice, right? He'd already done that with Paul probably, but like it was related to the, like everything going on with PPP loans. And it was a brand new, this it just rolled out, right? It was, you can't possibly know everything about it. So I had done my best prior to that call to, to distill the kind of new, the most valuable highlighted bullet points and really was able to answer those confidently. And when you answer something that you know confidently, then when you say, I don't know about something, they, that is that much more powerful because if, if you just try to make everything up, then people can see through that too. So, so I think it's just usually mm. no matter what industry you are in, you do it every day. So you don't know, you take what you know for granted, like your, your knowledge. And so I think own what you actually know. And at the beginning, in my early in my career, I always try to make things up. And this is true of all accountants like, and probably true of a, a lot of industries, but your early in your career, you don't, you want to seem like you know more than you do. So you just, you make up answers. Once I got to a point where I realized that I'm able to answer 90% of people's questions, but there is 10 to 20% of the time, I just don't know the answer. When you say, I don't know, it actually, it enhances your credibility on the stuff that you actually do know you're talking about. So I think, because that, that was all those questions that he was firing, firing, firing at me was, you know, that, you know, being prepared and doing the work ahead of time is, is, is huge. Dude. That was a way better response than I could even imagine. You just, I already, and I feel this, you just gave a lot of people freedom on the sense of that they need to know everything because they're maybe new in entrepreneurship or they're, you know, five, 10, 15 years. And there's this false belief that you have to know it all or else you look like a fraud. It's this imposter syndrome. And what you just shared there just hit it on the head on the sense of, you build more credibility by 
saying you don't know everything because the, the, the quickest way to lose credibility is saying, saying an answer to something you don't know and it's not right. And now they have that little belief in their head of like, wow, this guy just, you know, BS me. That's going to stick there. So for you sharing that and for some talking to someone like Tony Robbins, there's probably, and that's why it's even more powerful. There's probably so much pressure, even though you didn't do it to act like, you know, it all, cause you want to prove yourself right to this man that, you know, already has a CFO and all these things. Right. No, absolutely. And, 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 and you'd think, you know, even, you think someone like, like Tony or some, you know, any of those, you know, someone who's got built a lot of credibility in their life wants you to know all the answers, but they actually understand because they've been in that situation too. Yes. They understand if you don't know something and can get back, like, in, in, you know, a lot of people put too much pressure on themselves. Now, if every question they ask you, you don't know the answer to, that doesn't make you an expert either. So no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah, call it like the 90, the 90, 10 rule. You should know the answer yeah. is about 90% of that, 10%, you know, one out of every 10 questions. It's okay to say no to maybe 22 yeah. questions out of 10 at most. But yeah, if it's like the opposite, then you didn't do your work or you're not in the right spot. <laughs> yeah. That's good, man. One one thing I want to just really touch up on that for people listening is Tyler knew how to bring massive value to someone that already has his top CFO, that has all the top resources in the world like Tony Robbins. But Tyler was able to, through due diligence and processing and also just being on the edge, come in and provide this value at the right time, at the right place, and then look at where they are now right? They didn't know about the PPP. And Tyler could have had these beliefs like, man, he's already got a CFO. He's already got, you know, this other team here. Like, I'm just like a side player. But you came in and gave value. And that just is like such a, and it's giving me belief as well, that it doesn't matter how big this person is, how much money they have, how much success, resources, all of that, there's always a way to provide value. And that's such a great way. So take that mindset here and know that, you know what, if, if, if a CPA can do it, right, then anyone can do it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and funny enough, the PPP, like, helped, even the fact that we were sending those emails out about the PPP was was a pivot out of necessity. Like, I remember when COVID, like, in March, March of 2020, as, you know, our CNM dashboard, we, I can see the number of appointments booked for new consultations every week because mm-hmm. it was March's tax season. That is, like, harvest time, massive growth time. March is the number one month a year where we get new clients because everyone's thinking about taxes, and I remember seeing, like, going into March, you know, February to March, and it was like 20 new appointments a week, 25 new appointments a week, 35 new appointments a week. And then and then March 13th hit when they sent it, they shut the country down. And then it was 35 appointments a week, 20 appointments, eight appointments, four, you know, because no, no one's thinking about taxes anymore. And I was like, and we just hired a bunch of people on, because, yeah. we you know, we were, we were on this big growth trajectory. And, you know, I'd come back from our first two Tony Robbins events. And so we were like, okay, we got to staff up. And, and then suddenly all the leads dried up and we're like, okay, we got to do something. And then, so that's when it was like PPP. Like, wow. And so then we, we just pivoted. We reached out to all of our clients and said, hey, we've got people whose businesses are on the line. Do you mind if we pause working on your tax insurance for a little bit so we can focus on saving their business? And everyone was, of course, understanding. Um, and so that's when we just, it was, it was a pivot out of necessity that led to that opening to, you know, now I can text Tony anytime I want, you know. Incredible. What was, what was your mindset going through when you went from the 30 a week to four, you got these new people like 
you know, if you would be vulnerable or honest on that, like, were you like, holy crap, is this where I'm going down? Or like, what was going through your mind? Yeah. Well, I mean, we had, we had been growing 50% per year for th like three years, run, three or four years running at that time. So I was, in a, so I, that was, if you look at like the kind of the trend line of the company and then I became a partner and we really started growing. And so there hadn't been a year that we hadn't grown more than 35% since I'd been like kind of doing it. And so, so I, I didn't really have a moment of like, oh, oh no, we're going out of business, but I did have a moment of, oh no, if I don't do something, we might have to lay somebody off. Mm. And that's, that's not a fun thing to, to have to think about. And, and so it was, I remember just, you know, sitting and just going, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, but then I will say, and, and so I, I had some definite like kind of panic moments, but when you start putting yourself out there and just start thinking about things about, you know, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? They, they show themselves. And what the, the, the coolest, uh, well, maybe not the coolest part, the coolest part was, you know, getting to chat with Tony, but the, one of the coolest parts about that process was after I got on the backside of that, I got through May, June and kind of reflected on a couple other times where I had to make pivots and, and changes in cash flow and the way we do you know, collect money and different ways that we you know, build things. I realized that I'd built the muscle of resilience, such a, mm. a massive economic collapse, literally in the history of the freaking modern society. And out of that, I went from 50% per year to 120% per year, year over year growth. And so like, so anytime I'm like, do I better myself? Do we hire these new people? Because is the growth going to continue? After that experience, I then had the internal belief that no matter what happens, I'm going to find a freaking way. And so, you know, so that was, I would say, short of getting a chat with Tony for a few hours, probably the coolest part of, of that, that whole process. You sure you're, you sure you're not an inspirational speaker over here? <laughs> I've had a lot of like, Come on now. And that's... Okay, yeah, you got a great mentor for sure, but like, that's the that's the cool thing about you, bro. We're about to talk tax strategy here, so stay tuned in here. But like, dude, you you were just a CPA, quote unquote, just a CPA for you know what a lot of people think. I'm just a financial accountant. I'm just uh, a nine to five worker, whatever it is. But you've redefined yourself, and it's because you've had this growth mindset. And now, like the things you're saying, we haven't even talked a single thing about tax strategy. But I know people are getting more value out of this because they are hearing how you pivoted and grown and didn't take failure as an option. And now you're working with the top of the top, but it was over a three year experience. Like this is what it takes. Like this is the strategic life. Like this is you not saying, Hey, they don't want to listen to me. And I'm going to go try to find some other person that maybe will respond after a couple months. Like you knew what you wanted. So bro, you are inspirational. And, and then, you know, you're also tax, uh, tax advising and all of that. So let, let's dive into that. Can we, can we dive into some strategies? Yeah, let's do that. Before, actually, before we do that, we'll get into strategy. Um, but I want to say something about that, that inspirational piece because, yeah, please. Um, you know, I started building my social media presence. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of like sort of inspirational meme accounts out there. And, and all of my account is all about giving away tax tips. Most, I mean, I talk a little bit about business, and, but it's a lot of it's about, you know, tax tips. And over the period of me growing from, you know, 240 followers to, to you know, to all to where I am, where I'm now, 
Where um, are you now? Where are you now? I didn't realize. What's that? Where are you now? I'm just just shy of a million. Coming up on a million. <laughs> just hey guys, just shy um, of a million. When I just had two hundred forty followers. <laughs> By the way, at Tyler McBroom, go find this man. We'll have all the stuff yeah. in the show notes. But but the one of the coolest things was. I've I've gotten so many DMs or like hey I've been following you since since so and so or what you know and and it's so inspiring seeing your journey and what I what I what I realized is that inspirational quotes aren't what inspire people it's living an inspiring life is what inspires mm. people and and so so like people are inspired by me sharing tax tips and so you know you might think you're in a boring industry or you know you you don't have anything to share but but just going and literally living your life in a way that inspires other people is is way more inspiring than trying to come up with, you know, the latest, greatest quote of like, hey, it's Monday, let's hit it hard, bro, or something, you know, like, it's like, so, so I just wanted to say that about inspiration. It's been really cool seeing how inspired people are to go start their business or, or you know, do take that leap just because they've seen me put out content, yes. consistently, which is cool. And you at 240 followers, I don't, was your mindset even at a point where you could even fathom your growth and expansion and almost a million followers and working with these people no, that you are today? You told me, so I thought, so my, actually, my degree is in creative writing, not accounting. Uh, cause I, I always wanted to like, so I actually wrote a novel. I was going to go make movies and I have the whole theme park laid out that maybe someday when, if I'm ever a multi-billionaire, I'll, I'll just pay for the, you know, just pay for the park to be done. Um, so, so in my mind, when I finally like sort of, I got tired of being broke. Right. And so I realized that accounting maybe wasn't such a bad career. Um, so I was thinking I was giving up sort of, you know, I was all right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting married now. I've got to go get a real career. And, uh, so, you know, if you'd told me that fast forward to now, 10, you know, 10 years later that I'm speaking on stages and have a huge social media presence. And you know, that, that would have happened from me choosing accounting. I would have been, you know, you're crazy. There's no way. So, uh, so you never know where it's going to take you as long, you know, and, and uh, you know, but the, having that background, again, things happen for you, not to you having that background in creative writing, putting that together allowed me most accountants, do not know how to speak English to their clients. Yes. And they speak in account of deeds. And so that gave me the communication skills, again, to speak plainly to people, which allowed me to then be interested in so social media and the power of using it to reach the message, you know, reach, reach people and uh, kind of differentiate from your typical account. So. What you just said there also is a very, very powerful thing. Everything is powerful here, bro, by the way. That's why you're an inspirational speaker on Tony's stage. But like, you are the bridge between the complex versus the simple, right? Actually, one of my clients, yeah. he's, a, he's a software engineer, and I've been helping him build his entire business. And every software engineer, let's say 99.9% .9 out there, they are like, they don't know how to speak uh, simply to their clients and such. So they're looked at as like, you know, techie or, or geeky or whatnot. But this guy has communication skills like you. So he works with non-technical SaaS companies or SaaS owners. So software as a service. And so he bridges that gap to bring the complex and speak it simply to the owner that doesn't understand anything like that, but needs it. 
And that's a very, very specific thing. And you have that as well. You're not sharing all these crazy, like you'll share about the Augusta rule, but you make it in the sense of like, when I'm wearing the sign on my chest that says, what's in it for me? I don't want to hear what's in it for me with every single law and code and, you know, like verbiage from, you know, uh, Greek mythology or Shakespearean. I want to hear like, oh, I save this amount of much of money if I do X, Y, and Z. Like that's as simple as, and that's a gift. So in your industry for people listening right now, and for the one that's listening right now and hearing this in your industry, find how you can bridge the gap to take the complex. Don't be sharing if you're in a, in a, a health and wellness company, don't be sharing all the details of every single ingredient in there. There's a time and place for that, but share what does it do? How does it make them feel? And how does it differentiate, right? People don't care about the science as much as they care about yeah. the results and how it makes them feel. And it's the same thing for, for Tyler with his social media uh, is that's what you've done. But let me, let me ask a question here on what you just said earlier. You mentioned that you wanted to do this creative writing, make a movie, all these yeah. things, which is so cool. I didn't even know that. And I'm sure that's going to be something in the future for you. But becoming a CPA was almost like the downfall for you. Like, hey, yeah. like you said, this is I have a family. I need to get a real job. I'm kind of like losing my dreams, but I got to be real. Like, is that, is, was that the truth? Like that you felt like this was almost a thing that you had to fall back upon? Yeah. I mean, you know, so my dad was an accountant and he started his first firm when I was three months old. And, and I was, you know, I was like, ah, I don't want to just sit and put numbers and sit behind a computer and put numbers in a box for a living. And, uh, you know, literally I know there's, there's a lot more to it than that. And it's actually really, you know, really rewarding talking with people and showing them how to sort of demystify this stuff. But yeah, I, I mean, I was, I ran as far away from that as possible. Um, and, and it just, got, and then I, I dabbled in, you know, some insurance sales and then I dabbled, I worked for a marketing agency for a little bit. And then I realized that working for a marketing agency is also sitting behind a computer, putting numbers into a box just for less money. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's a grind too. And most everything is a grind in some variety or another. And that there's almost no one coming up in the public accounting industry, so there's huge opportunity. And so I kind of just put my logical brain on there and said, you know, I can always, you know, work on my my novel in the evenings. And I like it. So, um, but I may just I may just self publish it just just for fun now that I have a platform. But that is so um, cool. But you know, I was able to write a nonfiction book, Cash Flow and Grow, and it became a number one bestseller. And, uh, so there's, you know, there, everyone says, follow your passion and you'll never work a day in your life. But I would actually flip that on its head and say, go do work and find ways to fulfill your passion within that work. And so for me, I got to kind of use my creative outlet through figuring out interesting ways to talk about what I do on social media. And, you know, my very first foray into social media was actually, Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. And I did like filters. <laughs> it, was, it was like stupid filters, and like I was, I was like talking about depreciation. And I had like the laser yep. fire eyes going out of my face, and, and it was like, <laughs> like it was Tyler or Hockey Talk, and I, I did country music and beer reviews. No way. Uh, you know, I, I said there's only going to be American beers reviewed on this channel, and then the next episode I reviewed Tecate, which was a Mexican beer. So I was like, well, I broke my own rule. <laughs> I reviewed like Coors Light, like all the stand, like the, all the beers that everyone already knows about. But 
was, but I, I, I was putting the reps in front of the camera, right? So I was just finding finding ways to have that creative outlet, even even as I was, you know, in a in a in a boring job. And so it wasn't this like this horrible, like this oh, I'm depressed downfall. It was sort of a gradual mm-hmm. shift into I've got to do something to make money. Um, and then you know, and I got I got let go from my marketing job because they ran out of things for me to do because they they were going to launch a product that wasn't going to sell that didn't sell as well. And, uh, and, and then, so I said, you know what, why not give this accounting thing a try? Let's see. Worst case scenario. I can, I can go try to write a book somewhere else, you know, some, some other time. So, so wow. it was more of a gradual shift to this like epic downfall, okay. but, but, you know, I, I, I just find, tried to find ways to, to have my creative outlet through, you know, through that like professional job. Such a golden gem on that. And now here you are today, my brother. That's right. So good. Well, let's let's dive into some strategy here. Yeah. And so we have we have an array of people listening um, from people that literally have eight to multiple nine-figure portfolios, whether it's a mix of real estate, stock, you know, multiple businesses, complexity for taxes, which you work with those people. It's amazing. And we actually have something we're gonna talk about. You have a live event coming up. Uh, in November, and you also have uh, uh, a program or an online program that anyone in the world can do to learn these things, and it's like super affordable. And you also advise, like you're you're my advisor. I brought you on this year, and I'm so excited, and I'll continue to share just the success of that. Um, but you also work with people that maybe are just starting, and they are maybe in a network marketing company. Maybe they are uh, a coach or, um, you know, doing some service and they're only making, yeah. you know, let's say uh, 500 bucks a month to maybe 5,000 a month, right? Like just getting started. Let's start off with some strategy for those people because I believe even the strategies here, even the nine figure plus people, they, you know, they probably could still learn this because maybe their advisors, they're paying. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I actually just came up with, I was on a call with someone a couple weeks ago and I said, we, I came up with this, like, like you have Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You kind of have Maslow's hierarchy of tax needs. And it starts with the foundation and the fundamentals before we can get into the tricky stuff. And when, you'd be amazed at how many people who are nine-figure business owners who have never taken the time to do the fundamentals in their, in their business. So it absolutely applies to everybody. So the cool, so there's really two, there's two tax codes in the United States. There's a tax code for employees and there's a tax code for business owners. And the tax code for employees is pretty much your tax return has one correct answer. Yeah, you can give a little more away to charity. You can, you can buy a house to write off your mortgage interest. Uh, you can have a whole lot of medical bills, uh, but pretty much your return has one correct answer. But on the Business owner side, there's a, a whole new world of tax planning. At my home office, I've got a little genie magic magic lamp because it's like a whole new world of tax planning. Right? There's all <laughs> kinds of stuff, and like literally, the tax code is so thick that if you printed it out on paper and held it in front of me, and you stood across the room and fired a Colt 45 Magnum at me, it would not penetrate to my chest. No, and way. all of those are written for business owners. Yeah, that's all written for business owners, and so. The cool thing about you mentioned marketing business, you're a business owner in the eyes of the IRS. Now there's maybe some, depending on the type of business you're in, like if you open a photography business, there's some hobby issues there. But in general, if you're, if you're open for business, you're a business owner. And so you can take advantage of 
a lot of the strategies that we're about to talk about. And so if you are a W-2 employee, can you figure out a way to start a side hustle so that now you're a business owner, you can take advantage of some of this stuff. Um, and so the foundation, everyone always asks me, Tyler, what is the number one thing I can do to lower my taxes this year? And they're always looking for something fancy, some cool creative strategy. And it's actually much simpler than that. It's keep your books up to date and reconcile your accounts every month. So having an accurate set of books is actually the number one thing you can do to lower your taxes, especially when you're just getting started out. Because so many business owners, especially early stage business owners, they kind of do what I call the managing by three zeros method of accounting, which is when they get to tax time, their accountant says, hey, you know, hey, Jake, how much did you spend on office expenses last year? Well, Tyler, I spent about $3,000 in office supplies. Okay. What did you spend on fuel? Uh, about 2000 I don't know, about 2000 So they're miss. you know it's not accurate, right? So what happens with that is between federal income tax, state income tax, and a thing called self-employment tax, every dollar that you miss in a deduction for not actually having accurate records because you didn't keep your books is potentially up to 50 cents you're paying in taxes. So if you miss $5,000 of expenses because you're, you don't think it's important to do your books, that's a couple thousand dollars a year that you're sending into Uncle Sam that you don't you don't need to because you didn't keep your set of books. I had a, a real estate client a few years back who um, had a perfect living example of this. He he did the that the whole managing by three zeros thing, and we we said he hired us and we said well, you have to reconcile your books. You have to do this accurately. We're signing this under penalty of perjury, and so we literally dragged him kicking and screaming over over the do your books finish line. And on his same commissions, his taxes dropped by $20,000 for doing his books. So doing your books is a profit center. I know it's not sexy and I know it's not creative, but it's so important. And then it also allows you to be you know, proactive in actually being a business owner rather than just being someone who owns a job. You can make decisions from your business from the actual profitable profitability standpoint. Why, why is it so scary for, especially, you know, and I'll be real, like I'm going to be completely real. Like I've been, and I've had a, um, another advisor in the past and I didn't really understand taxes. I, I didn't learn these things. I was my only thing in business for school. Cause I went to be a nurse was economics 101 and I got like a C minus, right? So nothing related to taxes that I knew about. But I wasn't good with bookkeeping and I, you know, would try to go back and look at all my purchases and stuff. But why are people so afraid of bookkeeping or what's kind of like the, the block with that? I think it's for, for you, it's probably because you, uh, you didn't pay attention during your bookkeeping class in high school. I don't think we even had. I don't think we had. They don't have that. Okay, okay. They don't have that. That's why. I was like, I'm in Maui, you dude. Know? They, they, so, they teach us about like Hawaiian history, which I love. But I don't think we learned any of that. <laughs> So there's no there's no class on it in the school. You're, they're not you're not taught understanding your numbers, and most people start a business because they're really good at their craft, whatever it is, and they're really good at their craft. And then they have an entrepreneurial seizure and start their business. So if you're really good at marketing, that doesn't make you a good accountant. If you're really good at making amazing T-shirts or coming up with cool slogans or or building homes. It doesn't mean that you understand your numbers. And usually, especially in the early stages in your business, everyone here who is listening who has a business and started on trying to grow that top line revenue so you can pay your bills and keep your doors open. 
Yes. And so, but, but the books are critical to know if you actually can actually afford to keep your doors open. And so I think it's, it's, it doesn't make you a bad person if you've ignored your books. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make you a bad person if you don't like doing your books. I'm an accountant and I don't like doing my books. So what does there that say go. for every other business? There you business go, people. There you, <laughs> you know? go. I set you free, you know? You set us uh, free. I, we love yeah. it. And, but, but it's a critical activity to do. So if you know yourself and you know you're not going to do it, spend a few bucks a month on a bookkeeper. Yes. Have somebody And you guys have that you. service, right? Yeah, we yeah absolutely. So we offer bookkeeping in addition to tax planning and, Na- and nationwide tax planning. or world yeah, nationwide, nationwide worldwide United States yeah, nationwide. United States only. United States yeah. yeah that's what you want to focus on and that's where and because and go ahead go ahead no I said pay someone a few bucks to do the books because it's going to be a yeah. game changer for your for your business um, it it just it just is. What about someone that already has, let's say, because you're 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 an expert, like, and you're working with the best. But people say, like, hey, I already got like a bookkeeper. I use QuickBooks or whatnot. Is mm-hmm. that efficient, or is there a way that it could be optimized if it was someone like under your team or people that really know what to do? Is there a difference, or should they be okay with what they're doing? Yeah, you know, it, it it depends on the relationships you already have. I mean, we've got a lot of clients we just do the tax work for and they've got a bookkeeper that they love working with. And, and we love that because the bookkeeper handles it. But there's a lot of people who just like to have it as a one-stop shop. And then the person who's doing their taxes knows their numbers and they're doing their books and they know it's updated and current. So, so it really just kind of depends on your individual situation. And there's some people, the crazy ones who, who know, the value of hiring someone and paying someone to do the books. They just want to do it themselves and then they do the books themselves and that's yeah. fine. But I always tell people that I was one of those people. Yeah. Well, and they, you feel like you need to know and, and you, that you, that you're not going to know your numbers if you don't do it. And I always tell people that it's, it's, it's really important to be intimate with your numbers, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that you have to be the one inputting your numbers. Yes. So hire a bookkeeper. My my problem with that, or my and not a big fish for my firm, just hire someone to do it. Yes, and and well, and you are the best. Is why you're on here. So expect we'll have all the the info on that. We're gonna get more strategies. But seriously, guys, like my dilemma for me in the past when I had my old advisor, which they were great, they were good, but I know that Tyler's the best, right? Is I did my own bookkeeping one because I thought my business was simple enough. That's still when I was like a online trainer. I had one basically one revenue stream. I was like, look, I don't need to spend, even though it was like, yeah, like you said, like super affordable a month, whatever it was. I was like, I don't need to spend that because I could go through it in one day. But the truth is, is that like I procrastinate on it. I did it the last day. I had to go through all my things when if I really now think about my what my time is worth yeah. and, and also the, the slippage of like, oh, shoot, because I, then I would send it in and they would say, hey, well, what about this? You didn't get this to us yet. Then I have to go back. It was a headache, but that was my belief that I struggled with, which was, I don't think I need to use this because I only had one business or one revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, but now with you and, and we sat down and did a consultation and you were like, bro, you're missing out on like this amount of savings. And it was a significant amount. You only asked me a few mm-hmm. questions. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, bro, like where, take my money. Where do I send the invoice? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so most people definitely, significantly undervalue their time. Most people significantly undervalue their time. And so it's really important to look at the opportunity cost of your time in all areas of, of, of your business and what you're, whether you're hiring someone out or not. I'm a huge fan of buying back my time. Oh, amen. Uh, and so 
and that's not a tax tip, but it's a good life tip. Yes. Um, so other others, just to make sure we get in a couple, you know, a couple key strategies that, that people, you know, for running running out of time here. But um, so one, you, you hinted at the Augusta rule earlier, and uh, what what that is is it's a rule that if you own your if you own your home, uh, the IRS says that you can rent it up to fourteen days per year, tax free. And why it's called the Augusta rule is because every year when the Masters Golf Tournament comes to Augusta, Georgia. Everyone who lives there clears out of town and rents their homes out because they can get a pretty penny for all those celebrities coming in, you know, and and staying there. And so someone greased the palms of Congress and and said, "Hey, I don't want to pay income tax on this rent." And so they said, "Well, you know, if it's under 15 days per calendar year, you're not really in the business of renting if it's your home that you own. So we'll just give it to you tax free." And so what you can do as a business owner is if you have an office outside the home that you go to, you can and you own your home. Once a month, you can get away and rent the use of that house out to your business for the use of that of your house. And you have to 14 days per year. So we said do a monthly meeting plus a bonus midday plan, two-day mid-year planning, and then a bonus two-day end-of-year planning, which you should be doing anyways. Um, but you rent that out. And so let's say your home's worth $500,000. You do $500 per meeting times 14 days per year. That's $7,000 a year tax-free out of your business just for cutting a few checks. Now, you want to document it. So you want to take minutes, take mm-hmm. notes of what you discussed. You hold that meeting with me, myself, and I. Even if you don't have any partners. And it works really well if you have a split personality. Uh, but if you're like me, you're arguing with yourself about what to do with your business anyway. So it's like, hey, I'm talking with myself. Basically, let's document some goals. Like, we decided to set sales goals of X. We decided to set a marketing budget of Y. We decided to... Hire a new admin assistant. Whatever those things are, you're already thinking about your business mm-hmm. at home. Let's just get some tax-free money out of your out of your business for doing, it, right? And so that's a that's a no-brainer for you've got to have, you've got to own your home and you've got to have an office outside of the uh, of the of the house in order to do that. Otherwise, by definition, if your home is your business, then by mm-hmm. definition, you're using it more. Could you rent it out for higher? Could you rent it out for higher than five hundred? Like if you we have a saying that? that says pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered, and so we want to take deductions, but we want to leave. A, we don't want to get too aggressive, and then I get get it flagged for audit or thrown out. And so, kind of the rule of thumb is a tenth of a percent of the value of your home. So that's where if your home is worth five hundred thousand, five hundred dollars a meeting. If your home is worth a million dollars, thousand dollars a meeting, and on and on. Or you can find a couple of Mm-hmm. event centers in the area that are similar square footage to your house, call them up and see what they're renting. Okay. Renting out for the day. That's really good. Okay, cool. So that's, so that's, that's really, uh, that's really interesting. And obviously, you know, some people rent, uh, I'm a guy that rents some people own though, not be good for owning. What about you talk about this thing, especially with people that have kids oh, yeah. and how to maximize tax strategies. Please share about that. Yeah. So, um, if, if you've got kids, they should be on the payroll. So the, the IRS has another rule. We like these little IRS rules um, that says if you pay hire your under 18 children, under 18, um, from a sole proprietorship uh, that's owned by the parents, then you don't have to pay payroll taxes on those wages. And normally payroll taxes run about 15 to 18%. And under current tax law, a child can earn up to $12,950 a year, totally tax-free. At least federal income tax free. There's a little bit of state tax depending on what state you're in. And so you hire your kids, 
pay him a salary of $1,000 a month, that's $12,000 per year, totally tax-free per child. And I had one client who had nine kids. And when we told him about this, he was like, wow, that saved him a lot of money. Almost enough money to buy back his sanity from having nine kids, but, <laughs> but uh, not, quite, not quite enough. But, but the key there is, it's just, again, free money, right? And, 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 and now what happens, those kids now have $12,000 a year. And this doesn't mean they're getting a $1,000 a month allowance that they get to go spend on, you know, the latest, greatest toy or video game. Mm -hmm. uh, but, so, but they can pay for their own clothes. If you happen to send them to private school, they can pay for their own tuition out of that. Um, they can gift the money back to mom and dad and be very generous. Or if you really want to set them up for their future, you can put in, up to, I think this year, $6,500 into a Roth IRA. Normally, Roth IRAs, you contribute with after-tax dollars so you don't get a deduction, but then when you pull it out in retirement, it's tax-free. So now you're putting money into a Roth totally tax-free. And then they mm -hmm. can use that for college if they end up going to college. If the education system is to you know, totally dead by then, then, then it just grows for a nice being a nice little nest egg for them at the future in retirement. Yeah. It's an amazing gift that you can make on their wedding day. They don't even have to know about it until they're, you know, until they're 18. Tyler, um, Tyler, you know what, so, you know what you're doing with this, right? You know what you're doing with this, this incentive you just shared. You're, you're incentivizing people to start having more kids. You're, you're going to be, you're going to be adding to the growth of this population in the world because you're going to incentivize them. That's right. Them out. Doing, doing my part to bring in a little entrepreneurs. <laughs> Although anyone, anyone who has kids know that they, they cost a lot more than $12,000 yeah. a year to, to, to maintain. You got to pick your compromises. Uh, that's right. Go ahead. The, uh, but the, but the other, so two keys to make this, because everything's a deduction until you get out of it, right? We want to make sure, yeah. I have someone ask if they can write off their dog food because they take pictures of their dog on their social media. And that's, that's maybe if you shave the logo and your logo into the dog's fur, maybe, I don't, but, but in general, no, but so everything's a deduction until you get on it. So we want to make sure that it holds up if you do. So two things that you got to do for the kids is number one, you actually have to pay them. And there's literally court cases. Where, no. So you'd have your own, sole, you'd have your sole proprietorship that pays them. And then you issue, you give them W2s like you would any employee. And, and then you, put the money into an account in their name. So do the kids need to have their own, do they need to have their own sole proprietorship or their own little like business that you make or? It's pretty simple. It's just moving, moving a little money around. And then the other thing is they actually have to do something to justify that wage. Okay. And so. Okay. So pretty simple. If they're, if they're in their teens or you know older, they can help file papers for you or you can take them door knocking if you need to go to our sales or they can help wash the company car or you know, do any number of admin tasks for you. And you might be saying, well, Tyler, I've got a two-year-old. What can my two-year-old do to justify $1,000 a month? Well, everyone loves media pages. And we did some market research on this. We had a client who had children who were models, like act you know, actual models. So we said, what did they get paid? And this was five or six years ago now, but they got paid $500 per shoot. Yep. So you set them up on a monthly retainer for a couple shoots a month, put them in your stories, put them on your on your feed posts, hire them as models, and there's your twelve thousand dollars per year and your justification for what they're doing. So good. So that's uh, that. Those are two simple ways where you can you know put an extra ten to fifteen grand a year in your pocket pretty quick. 
So anyone that has a sole proprietor and above, so LLC, S Corp, anything like that. But even if it's someone that literally just started entrepreneurship or solopreneurship and they've got a sole proprietorship, which um, they can do this with their kids. Yeah. That's great stuff. Absolutely. You, yeah. you mentioned about, you mentioned about auditing and I'll, I actually want to talk about that because until I talked with you and hearing about, I had a lot of questions for you and I sent these different things. What if I did this? What if I did that? That's what is one of the benefits yeah. about working with you is you're, you're my advisor, you're my strategist, but I I've been so scared of this word auditing. I've heard terrible things. I've, I've, I thought, you know, you think of them as the most like, you know, devilish, you know, people because they're out there to just take yeah. your money and screw yeah. you over. That's, that's all I believe. Yeah. What's the truth behind auditing? I mean, you don't have to say anything of like, Hey, don't worry or whatnot, but like, what's the truth of people that are, you know, if they don't count every penny and things like that, or should they have this fear? Yeah. Is it real? Kind of just expand on that. Yeah. Well, I'll share a couple stats. Um, so number one, the overwhelming majority of audits are actually what are called correspondence audits. And that is just, you get a notice in the mail and then you respond to it or you pay the tax. And that's the, that's the overwhelming majority of audits because those cost a lot less um, for the IRS to administer. Uh, number two, the way that they, the way that they do audits and they flag for audit is every business has a six digit code. It's called the NAICS code, N-A-I-C-S. And it says what can be on meals, contractors, all the kind of the typical flaggy type of expenses. And if you happen to be way outside the normal, those, and if you need to kind of massage the return and move things into different categories, with our clients get audited a third less, a third that's normal about it. Wow. And, and so that's, that's how you get flagged or not for audit. As far as audit statistics, actually being in the right entity type can significantly lower your, your chance of being audited. Um, so as a sole proprietorship, which is you're just a 1099 and you don't have an actual entity, or you file as a single member LLC and a Schedule C on your personal tax return, you have about a one in 60 chance of being audited. If you file as an S corporation, which is what the overwhelming majority of small business owners should be, um, your audit risk drops from one in 60 to one in 360. So that can make a huge difference. But, but and then as far as documentation goes, um, keep, keep everything. So a lot of people ask, is the bank okay. statement enough? Like if I'm going and having a meal, a business meal, is the, it's on the bank statement. Isn't that enough? It says Shell or Chevron when I'm filling my gas tank. Is that, isn't that enough? And um, the answer is no. And it's so easy to take pictures of receipts with this thing now. And, and the reason why you need to see, you need the itemized receipt is because if you get an aggressive auditor. You might say, well, I'm, it's a gas station. Of course I'm filling up the gas tank. Yeah. Well, how does the auditor know that you didn't go into the quickie mart at the gas station and buy three cases of beer? Wow. You know, so we, but if you have the, auto, the, the itemized receipt that says that you filled up your gas tank, then you're golden. And you take the picture to be deductible from a documentation standpoint. The first three are on the receipt. That is the name of the place, the date, and the amount you paid. The last two are not, and that is who you had the meal with and what was the business purpose of that meal. And so what you need to do is you take those last two things and while it's fresh, while you're wrapping up the meal, write those two items, you know, met with lunch with Jake Avron. We talked about, um, you know, the November 8th event, or we talked about tax planning, or we talked about, you know, whatever, whatever it is for your business, talk about becoming a client. Um, 
and then take and then snap that picture. You can leave the receipt. You don't need to go stick it in your shoebox of death that sits in the corner. And then that's why you hate tax time because you just dread going through it. Just take the picture and you're done with it. Uh, but it is critical that you, you you keep those records. That's really really. I mean that that right there is very valuable on that. Do you have a specific app? Because I know there's so many different ones. Is the QuickBook app the best one if you use QuickBooks? Is there other things that you would recommend? If you use QuickBooks, the QuickBooks one and it's literally as simple as I mean, if you've got your if you've got your iPhone and Google has the same thing for Android, and you've got your photos backing up to your iCloud, you take a picture. The receipt's there. It's stored in the cloud. You get audited. You scroll through your photo dates. Go to that date, and you can see the picture. Oh, that's, cool! That's the simplest way. To do so it. you don't even have to even worst case yeah. scenario of people because I'm also like, oh man, this is a time expense. Like I'm just being real. Like this takes time, but it also it's the the ROI. Like yeah, no, I, and that was the same way. So receipt. There used to be an app called Receipt Bank. It's now called Dext, I think. And we use that. We get it for free when we're accountants, so we're like using it. And I'm like, this is just a pain opening the app every time. Mm-hmm. So I just started taking the pictures with them, and I'll be, oh, I'll upload them later. And then I never, you know, <laughs> never, up, never uploaded them. And then I was like, wait a second. I can always scroll to the date that picture was taken. If I take the picture on the date the receipt, the purchase happened, then that's going to be stored there. Perfect. And so it literally takes zero time. You just take the picture and go. Now, if you're anal and OCD, if you're anal and OCD, open up the QuickBooks app and then take the picture. But that takes like, three quarters of an extra second yeah. and if you're like me that's annoying yes and so <laughs> we got we got probably a, a couple of anal people on here that will be like you know what you're speaking my language yeah. here tyler <laughs> i need it to be detailed <laughs> i need it to be organized and i'm over here like exactly. bro even just open up and taking a photo is a little much but i get it that's it's a lot of work <laughs> that is uh that's very yeah. very such a good value point on just having it in your photo log and if you need to prove yourself it's there um, really good stuff. Let, let, let's, let's give a strategic tip for someone. Cause obviously those, the first thing that Gusta rule and with, you know, hiring your kids, great thing anyone could use, but let's give something for a strategy or someone that let's say, well, Hey, that's good stuff, but I'm dealing with multiple eight figures. I got seven to 10, to maybe 15 revenue streams. Um, I got a guy yeah. already, things like that. What can you tell this person or what can you share that maybe either number one, they can tell their accountant or advisor about because maybe they don't know. And I've seen this a lot already. I've I've told a lot of people about you, especially my clients that have this. That's why I'm asking this question. And they're like, they're like, my accountant doesn't do that. I'm like, that's why you got to talk to Tyler. So number one is what can they either share with their person or number two, what can they start to personally do on a more complex or bigger level? Yeah. So first thing I would say is if you've got that much going on, the, the number one tip I can give is just go sit down with your CPA and do tax planning. And because and most all the over even the people with complex with multiple moving parts and all that don't realize that the highest and best use of your CPA isn't just filling out your tax return. Everyone thinks the time of year to meet with your CPA is February and March. You know, they just saw the TurboTax ad on the Super Bowl. Oh crap, it's tax time. I gotta go get all my documents together and go meet with my CPA so you can tell me how much I'm gonna owe. But when when you have a lot of moving every business owner, but especially if you have a lot of moving parts, when it's complex and you try to do it yourself, you're gonna screw it up. And so it's very critical that you meet with your CPA. And tax planning means meet before the end of the year, run your year-to-date yes. numbers, project what you're gonna owe the re- earn the rest of the year, 
we plug that into our tax software and say, if you do nothing, you're going to owe this. Let's do one, two, three action items. Lower your tax bill by five, ten, sometimes a hundred thousand, sometimes a couple million dollars in those types of cases. And 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 that's and, and I always say the faster you're growing or changing your overall complexity, the more often we should meet. If you're staying the same year over year, let's just meet before the end of the year. Run your numbers, see what tax laws have changed. Give you give you your marching orders. If you're growing rapidly or you're adding a lot of investments and things like that, then your situation in March is different than your situation in September, which is different than your situation in December. And so mm-hmm. as things change, different strategies come available to you. And so we want to make sure we're enacting those as soon as possible along the way. And so that's what I would say about that is make sure if you have that complex scenario, make sure you're getting your tax plan to meet on the calendar. That should be the first thing you do after we after you stop listening to this podcast. Or even while you're listening to it, go up and send them an email. Um, second, as far as like kind of big big ticket items, if they're in real estate, looking at cost segregation studies is a really good one right yeah. now because of, uh, and what that is, is basically you hire an engineering firm that goes in and looks at the overall property and identifies the value of the build, the bones of the building versus the carpet the toilets, the fixtures, the pipes, the, the countertops, totals all that up. And then all of that gets totaled and counted as leasehold improvements, which you get to d- take bonus depreciation on in year one, in the in basically this year. Whereas mm-hmm. typical real estate is depreciated over 27 and a half years if it's residential or 39 and a half years if it's commercial. So if you buy an $800,000 commercial building, or a million dollar commercial building and partial part goes to land, which is not depreciated, but then 800,000 goes to the building, you'd be taking a $20,000 a year deduction over the next 40 years. If you do a cost segregation study and let's say 500,000 of that is fixed fixtures. Now, instead of 20,000 over the next 40 years, you get a $500,000 deduction this year. And then a $3,000 deduction for the next 40 years. So it speeds up the depreciation. Now, there's some issues with making sure you're a real estate professional or having passive income to offset those passive losses. And then, again, that's why you want to meet one-on-one when you've got that many moving parts going on. Yeah. But that's a a really, really good strategy for – and a lot of times, if if you are the breadwinner in that case and your spouse isn't working – we can have your spouse manage the portfolio and now your spouse is a real estate professional. There's a couple of criteria you have to meet to be a real estate professional, but when you're a real estate professional, now real estate losses are active, not passive. So then you can deduct those against your other income. And mm-hmm. so those are some things you can do on the real estate side that can, can really you know, help with depreciation and deductions. So you help with, especially that cost segregation. I know this is complex for people that don't understand real estate. That's fine. This is something that's still good to understand and hear. But like people that do real estate, they're like, oh, you're speaking you're speaking right to me. So you actually will help with that, with understanding the cost seg and, and knowing, you know, oh, your wife's not working in the business, which technically, you know, because people are going to be like, well, I don't want my wife to work. But it's like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. They just literally have to, you know, do this and this, which they're probably already doing. But now you can save X amount. Like you handle all of right. that. Yeah, we kind of coach through the, high that. the right way and advice. So we don't do the actual study, but we do everything else related to the tax side of it. And, everyone, you know, everyone's like, Donald Trump paid no taxes. Well, this is how. Yeah. 
This is how he has a lot of money in real estate, right? He's a real estate professional. It's not he's evading taxes. It's this is the way. This is this is the way. I love it. So let me let me share something here for <laughs> for people listening. I want to talk about this event coming up because a lot of people are going to be like, okay. Where do we go from here? And there's a couple different options. And this is all, I'm only bringing Tyler on because I know he's the best, right? So we're going to talk about some cool stuff. But I want to share because I'm kind of like in the middle of things where, you know, I started as a personal trainer a couple years ago, scaled in online training, now a business consultant, multiple revenue streams, all these things, but I'm not anywhere close to just the complexity that you just described. And so I want people to understand just my my uh, my process and journey with, with Tyler. So when I met with Tyler, I think it was like a few months ago for um, a consultation and free consultation. By the way, is that something you'd be open for if someone's like serious to talking about with you? Yeah, we, I, I don't really do those anymore. But 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 for your listeners, we can we can set up some free consultations. Mostly it's mostly it's paid now just because I got too busy. But we okay. can we can we can should we know. should we have and I dude I put you I put you on the spot there. Should we have some sort of like a um, like a form they should fill out to see if it's like you know qualified or? No, if they just DM, if they DM me and say they you know, you you heard me on on Jake's podcast, then uh, I'll be okay. You're gonna get like a thousand plus consultations. <laughs> I, I don't say the timing. Yeah, usually we have like a paid and then a free, and then okay. if you want to speed up the time to meet. Them, well, guys, like, this is I just yeah, I just put I'm backlogged a few you know a few few weeks. I, I put Tyler in a corner here. I, I just got you guys a free consultation yeah. and made a really uh, <laughs> put some pressure on them. So let's do this. How about like the first um, couple or so? Because I don't want to make this like you know. Yeah, no, well, no, I, I don't, I don't mind. Like, well, we'll see. I mean, it, again, I'll do the free consultation. It's just a matter of when it'll fit in my calendar. Okay. So. Okay. Cool. Um, so, and we can chat back and forth about that. Okay. Basically, yeah, his schedule, his schedule is already packed. So, if you're serious about this and you want like the consultation, reach out, send him the DM or whatnot. But I want to share this because I got on a consultation with him. I when he was described because he asked just a couple questions. And, you know, I'm so new at this. I was like, I was almost afraid. I was like, bro, I don't know if I know my stuff. Like I need to go get it from the people that were doing it. And uh, he asked a couple questions and he was like, okay, yeah, dude, you're going to save this huge amount if we did this, this, and this. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, how, how do you know that? He's like, dude, just like, cause you weren't, you know, doing this with your money or doing this. And what, what I loved about it is, is like what you described is, you know, I never knew that for tax advising, you should be planning the year before on strategies, not just because I saw it before where it's like, hey, you just, you get my books, um, you know, hopefully I got write-offs, like if I'm traveling or eating, you know, on the road or whatever mm -hmm. that is, then cool, that's my write-off. But when you said, hey, we would meet, you know, once to three times uh, the year before, so literally every couple months, and you're going to give me a game plan of saying, all right, you're going to take this amount of money and put it into this account and then move it to here and then move it to here and move it to here or whatever it is, very generic, but that's gonna you know save you X amount because of whatever reason. I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. And so I just wanna tell people right now, like reach out if you are someone that you feel like you need this, you know, and there's multiple different options. And one of them coming up is your uh, Cash Profit Live. And this is really cool. Is this your first ever live event, by the way? Yep. My, my first ever live event. It's uh, it's going to be a good one. First ever. This guy now is in a position where he can not only uh, bring the best knowledge and wisdom, also the credibility of what he's done, 
but it's a very personal and private event. I think it's only 60 people, private yacht. I mean, count me and I'm going to be there. You better believe I'm going to be there. Um, and you know, I would love for you to just share about this for people that yeah. what to experience, you know, maybe that they finally want to get back into live events again, because they are the people on this uh, podcast. I love that. Share about this uh, cash profit live and why people need it. Yeah. So I'm super fired up about it because it's you know, a lot of people when they go to events, it's all about just growing the top line. And then at the same time, when they see I'm putting on an event, I'm an accountant. Are we just going to talk about numbers all day? Well, well, the answer is no on both of those things. So it's numbers. We've got Nick Saban's assistant mental toughness coach for the University of Alabama football team, University of Alabama, talking on marketing skills, personal branding. Uh, the guy who helped me with my get, get, make publish my book to get become a best, number one best selling author. Um, some people speaking who've built multiple seven figure businesses and are running successful families. Um, and and of course we're going to get into some tax planning. And uh, talking about making not just growing that top line, but building a business that that stays profitable and that cash revenue. If you're flexing your revenue growth, but you're losing your losing your shirt, then you're going to be out of business. And so as you grow, and and in addition to that, it's uh, it's November eighth and 9th in Palm Beach, and so let's go. Great time of year to be in Florida. Um, the, we're going to be at a hotel on the beach. We're going to be doing a beach workout on day two. I'm going to teach them some yoga on day one. Uh, there's a, there's, we're going to, we got, I got a three story yacht that we're taking out in the intracoastal, do, do some dinner and music. And uh, it's going to be a three story yacht. So, all right. It's, we got a really, you, so, you sold me on the yacht, my friend. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be good for content. If you're looking to launch your social media profile, we're going to take some pictures. We're going to, we're going to learn. It's going to be cool. Okay. Okay. And it's so, and it's a more of an intimate event. 60, 60 people. Is that correct? Yeah. So we're capping it at 60 okay. people. Um, the VIP level is already half sold out and I haven't even really talked about the event publicly yet. So um, I think it's, it's going to go quick, which is, which is, you know, I wanted to keep it small so that people can connect. You're going to get to connect with the speakers. It's not just the speakers fly in, fly out. They're hanging out for the whole two days available for Q and a, uh, and really go deep with them. So it's going to be fun. So once you hear this podcast, literally, if this is something you're open to, or you want to see more details, the, sh the link will be in the show notes before, but like it could be almost probably sold out by the time this releases. So get on that ASAP. Um, what's the link? Uh, we'll have it in the show notes, but what's the name of it? Flash live. And that's a long word accelerator that people often misspell. Okay. So, the, the the link in the show notes will probably be a good idea. Okay. So we'll have, yeah, we'll have that in the show notes. But seriously, like, it might, like, once again, it might be sold out. That would suck. Uh, obviously, this guy hasn't even talked about it yet. And yeah. it's pretty, you know, halfway through. So I would love to see you there if you go. I'm going to be there. Um, Tyler's obviously going to be there. Um, and then also, Tyler, talk about the Cash Profit Accelerator. Because mm -hmm. this this is also something for people that are nationwide maybe they don't have that ability to either travel or have the ability to invest that much which is not that much but you know everyone it's different for everyone what's the cash profit accelerator and how could that help you know people that want to learn the basics or even advanced stuff yeah yeah so as as we grew my cpa firm we kind of got to a point where you know just in order to make sure we keep our service high we had to you have to be a certain level in your business for it to make sense to hire us because we want to be a profit center for all of our clients. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. 
there's a lot. I mean, there's. I think it was. I think I forget the how many millions of businesses out there out there that are out there, and the overwhelming majority of them aren't quite at that threshold yet. But they still need to know taxes. This that can still impact and help help their lives. And so, um, so that's why I created the Cash Profit Accelerator. It's been almost exactly a year ago that I created that I launched it, and it's a uh, basically it's a coach. It's my coaching program where I have an app. You get full access to. Uh, all of the text, basically how to do it, how to implement it in your own business on your own. You get simplified versions of our CFO tools that we do for our virtual CFO clients so that you can be your own CFO and trainings on how to use that and how to manage your own cash flow um, and do your own tax planning. And then I do weekly live calls where I te I'll teach a different topic on taxes or on marketing or on leadership or culture. And then it's live Q&A every single week too. So. Um, and you got a live, you got a live Q and A in there with you. Yeah. So I, I, I'm on there for about, you know, between 30 to 60 minutes a week. Just so good. I mean, so it's literally like, like four bucks an hour. If you take advantage of for tax planning, if you take advantage of it based on if you show and who, who so. would be like the ideal person this is really good for, you know, it'd be anyone. I mean, there's people that are in there that are, you know, eight figure businesses. They just want access to the, 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 the knowledge and, and, and so anyone from, from up as complex as that down to someone who's even thinking about starting a business, they just want to get that foundation in place to start great from scratch mm -hmm. to the early stage business owner, to the person who's running a seven figure, multiple seven figure business. Um, and someone who just wants to, who wants to do it themselves or, you know, isn't quite at that, that business point where it makes sense to hire a one one. Yeah. Have you ever had a business owner be in there, like the, maybe that eight-figure one or someone, and then they actually have maybe employees or independent contractors that they also bring in because they want to take care of them? And yeah, actually, yeah, that's happened multiple times. Where yeah. they just like this one guy hired a COO and he's a ten ninety nine, and he said, "I, I want to put him in a cash profit accelerator just so he can understand how to set up his." Yeah, his, his tax situation. I mean, it's so affordable. Like, you know, it's like how people send their employees to a Tony Robbins event to get the experience and to build the yeah. whole culture. Um, guys, I just wanted yeah. to really highlight this, you know, and I, I have one more question or I guess one or two more questions after this, but I want to highlight like Tyler McBroom is on here speaking with you right now because he's the best, right? This is not to try to sell you something. This is to show you what's possible and to give you the best out of the best. And there's, as you heard, a couple different ways to work with him. And I highly, highly recommend work with him. I personally am. I wouldn't be recommending him if I wasn't personally using it. Number one is the Cash Profit Live, right? So get to that event, the connections, the networks. Obviously, if you're going, message me because I'd love to connect with you on that and see you there. I mean, there's only going to be 60 people on a yacht. Like we're going to bump, you know, shoulders to shoulders over here. But get to the Cash Profit Live. That'd be so fun. Uh, but if you're someone that needs either an upgrade in your accounting, your tax strategy, your advising, or you don't have someone, reach out to him. He does. They do. The, they do the whole thing. I'm having him do the whole gamut from the bookkeeping to the tax strategies. Their prices are incredible. I was blown away. I actually told people that are, you know, like my clients, and I was telling them like, you know, obviously everyone's different. That's why you guys got to talk. But he's like, dude, my person doesn't even do any of what you just said, and they're like three times as much. And I was like. Talk to Tyler, you know, so I don't even know I how you do I think I need to raise my fees. <laughs> I know. I don't know how you do it, brother, but it's an irresistible, it's yeah. an irresistible offer. And, and, you know, some people could look at that and be like, well, maybe he's not as good. And then you look at him, he's like on Tony Robbins stage. You're like, no, no, he's good. 
So that's why I was, I was blown away. Um, so you have that ability to reach out and have him personally do everything for you in your business. And I think in that consultation is when, just like how you showed me, you'd be like, Jake, you're going to save this amount of much money if we did this. That's where I was like, okay, so I'm going to invest this, but I'm going to save this. That's how I love doing business. It's a win-win. So you have that option, reach out for that, get a consultation. Um, or number three is if you feel like you don't really are at that point, maybe whether it's financially or business-wise, whatnot, the cash profit accelerator, learn these things. You have the tools. It's so affordable. It's so it's like, it's, it's an option that just allows for a lot of people. And you have a lot of people in there, right? Yeah, we're, um, Getting kind of pushing up because it's close to a thousand. Holy so, crap, man. Okay. Yeah. So it's there's only a thousand in there because they're getting the results. And I love how you're doing the Q and A's because that actually brings personality. So you could learn the you could learn the the things you teach, which is how do you apply the Gusta rule or such. And then you go to the Q and A and they could ask a specific question that's related to your the situation at hand. So those are the three things. This guy is a wealth of knowledge. He's so inspirational. Um Two questions here as we as we wrap here up here. Number one is, you know, I wanted to quickly brief, uh, quickly touch up on your social media presence and just how much that really means for the brand and also this credibility you bring. You've obviously went from 240 to almost, you know, now you're just right under a million followers. Uh, is there anything you just want to share on that just for our listeners to get some inspiration or understanding from you? Sure, yeah, I mean, the way that I see social media is everyone thinks it's free. It's not free. It's work. It costs you your time. And actually, if you want to do it the right way, you got you to pay for it too. But but it it can basically pour fuel on your dreams and make it happen faster than you could possibly imagine if you do it the right way. Um, and the right way is the way everyone freaks out about what do I say do for content. And in the early stages, it's just literally <clears throat> if you've got clients or you've got customers, they're asking questions about your product or service or about they're asking every single day. And that's the first best way to start. As you grow, then the content creates itself because I, I get, um, but it's, um, it's absolutely, it is work, but it, the rewards once you like do it are, are huge. Um, and just add value. Don't talk about yourself all the time um, and build a community. And, and then the ultimate goal is, you know, try to get for at least for me, at least was the goal was always to get them on the phone. So if I could get them in my DMS, I could get them on the phone and push them toward the, you know, the call to action at the bottom of each post kind of push them to that. It's not buy my stuff, but it's what's the next step. DM me any questions, right. Or go to my profile, link in bio, whatever. Um, but just always that value, be consistent. Consistency is the best thing. I just, I was, kind of off and on posting because I've just been busy with business growth for the last few months. And I just, this last week I said, I'm going to go 60 days where I'm going to post every day. Um, I always do stories every day, but I haven't done the difference between being consistent versus not. I had a 258% increase over the prior week of account views and a 3,500% increase over the last week of account engagement. Wow. From being consistent. So consistency is the number one thing you can do to Amen. crush your social media. So, and that's true of life and everything. That's true in fitness. That's true in diet. That's true in building a business. Consistency wins every day. But, uh, and you're, yeah. you're a living example of that, brother. 245 guys, you might be having 241 followers or 239, right? 
But that's okay. I started off Jake Havron fit with 200 and something followers. No joke. Like four and a half years ago, five years ago, whenever that was. Like consistency is key on that. Last question here, brother. Yes. What's it mean to live a strategic a strategic life? Like what what does what comes to mind? What does it mean if you were to live a strategic life for you? Yeah. Um for me, I think that the power of intention is significantly underrated. Mm. Uh, I think that a lot of people sort of live life by accident and let people push them around and let people, you know, kind of put their intentions on them, put other people's intentions on them. And it's just like when you plan your day, if you write your top five, six things that you need to get done for the day, the night before, and you wake up and you just dive right into them, you get a week's worth of work done in an hour because you did it intentionally. Um, it's the same thing with your life. You got to be intentional about every area of your life. And to me, that's what a strategic life means. It means taking that time to not just let life just happen to you. It means take, take the time as activities are that you need to do to get there down to as bite-sized chunks as you can, and then just go to work doing it consistently. And if you don't do it with intention, you're going to end up way down, then you'll end up where you want to go. And that's what I think a strategic life is. I love it, brother. You're, you're, you're so good at just everything on this. And your life is an example of being strategic from the, the three-year follow-up process to getting on that call and being strategic with preparation with Tony Robbins to speak for four hours to literally now you know, being strategic with your business avenues. So you have abilities to serve people worldwide. You have people to, that you can serve you know, through your, your, your um, company. And then you have now you know, the cash profit life. Like everything you've done and shared today is strategic. And I, dude, I'm just honored to acknowledge you right now, acknowledge you as a friend outside of this business partnership, outside of this guest um, you know, interview here. Like, I don't know if you truly know this, but like you are such a unique gift for the world, but let alone the entrepreneur world. There is no one else out there like you. You are the key, the, the little key that no one else, there's no, it's a one of one, and it could plug into any stage, any audience, any industry, because you are that, you bridge the gap. This crazy thing people see as taxes, and you bridge it to what people you know need to hear, and you bring the charisma, the communication, the inspiration, and there's no one else that does that. So like, I just know there's going to be so much blessings. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And I know that this, this mastermind is going to be 60 people. You'll probably have those private masterminds, but you're going to have hundreds and hundreds of people that want to come to the next one. So you're going to have bigger events and bigger events. And um, I just got to acknowledge you, my friend. I'm so grateful for this. And I can be 110% certain that people today are going to have a completely different life after this, this podcast. They're going to break limiting beliefs around getting audited and taxes and pushing it aside and not want to deal with it. They're going to finally be able to be more abundant in their, their mindset with finances. And they're going to be more inspired to know that, you know what, you just were a tax, uh, you went to become a CPA because you want to take care of the family. And now you're doing something you couldn't even imagine because of that. And they're going to be inspired when they're going through their struggles. So Tyler, my dude, I just got to say thank you for that. Thank you for this amazing interview. Thank you. It's been great. Thanks so much. It's been amazing. Guys, okay, remember, everything's going to be in the show notes below uh, in all different platforms. 
If you need service, help, reach out to this guy. If you wanna be part of the uh, his Cash Profit Live, link will be in the uh, below. Once you watch this, check it out, see if it's too late or there's still spots left. Um, get on there, you don't wanna miss it. And once again, reach out to Tyler McBroom on Instagram, at Tyler McBroom, is that correct? Pretty, pretty simple, M-C-B-R-O-O-M. Reach out to him and you know the drill. Send him a message after listening to this and let him know what he what you like most about it what was the standout people like him hearing that i love hearing this it's like it we don't have to be doing this but we want to do this because we want to serve so send him a message send me a message and if there's one thing that you guys could do uh, especially listening to this full episode is tag tyler tag myself in a screenshot put it on the ig stories uh share that you listen to this put the takeaways and we'd love to repost you and share it to our audience um, and let's keep this message going so until then Thanks for tuning in. This is the Strategic Life Podcast. And as always, go create your strategic life. We'll see you in the next episode.